What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to the latest episode of the Love Fix Experience, recorded live at our beautiful location in Vancouver, BC. So come on in and enjoy a powerful right now word brought to you by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Regiment. Enjoy. Amen. You can be seated. Um, today is a good day. I'll say that again. Today is a good day. Amen. Um, I'm trying to stay focused. So we're going to, I want to, as I was thinking about what to talk about this weekend, because it's Father's Day, you automatically think you need to have a Father's Day message. You need to sing good, good father. You need to do all that stuff. And it's like, nah, what is God saying? I can't afford to miss a Sunday trying to be, um, yeah, anyways. But also this weekend, um, some people celebrated Juneteenth. And uh, whether you're Canadian or American, black or white, it doesn't matter. Any group of people's freedom helps you out. (laughs) Right? And so I began to think about something that's been in my spirit for the last few months. And then it really came to surface this week. And I was like, Lord, really this week? He's like, yeah, really? Perfect time because I want to show people that I'm their, I'm their father. And, um, and then I start thinking about Juneteenth and what that means, you know, the emancipation and celebrating the freedom of a group of people. Um, and then the president made it a national holiday, which is huge. Maybe not for some people, but for some people, it's huge. Um, it represents progress. Um, whether it's tiny or big, it's still what? Progress. And so I do have something that I would advise you to really pay attention today. I would advise you to really hear what God is saying today to you. I would advise you to not, when you hear what, I'm going, what God has to say today, you don't start thinking of other people. This message is for you. Not your mama, not your husband, not your boyfriend, not your boss. This message is for who? No, not you. See, you pointing the finger already. It's for you. Say me. Amen. See, Pastor, you y'all pointing the finger. Before I get started, let's check out this video really quickly. If the Emancipation Proclamation was passed in 1863, why weren't you free until 1865? Well, it took two years for the Civil War to end. Oh, so you were free when the war ended? Nah, not for two more months because Texas landowners wanted another harvest. That's not cool. None of it was cool. But an army ship arrived on June 19th, 1865 and announced we were free. That's why we celebrate Juneteenth. I am a slave and the home of the brave, a product of the triangular trade. Please pardon my ways. If I'm nervous or the slightest bit skittish In the presence of the Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, or British They kept me in colonial chains Tell me how to persuade them to chill Or to save me if still I'm a slave That was not uncomfortable at all. 
Amen. Way to start a service in Vancouver. Amen. Today's message is called Emancipation Day. Repossessed, repossessed into the glory of the Father. As many people that sit here and think that slavery is about black people or Asians or when you were born, you were a slave, every last one of you, white, black, Asian, it doesn't matter. And if you're dealing with strongholds right now, guess what you are? A slave. I love there's been some, some posts going around that says, free-ish. Because when they were supposed to be free, they were kind of free because it, it had not yet been, um, although on paper, they were free. Although based on the words, you're free. Most of you in here are free-ish. <laughs> I know it's going to be hard to look at me today. That's okay. You ask yourself, am I free or free-ish? Because if you're free, it means you're free. Not by faith. And we're going to deal with something that Christians avoid or say one of this question, can, can, a, can someone be possessed and a believer? Don't answer until after the service. Can someone be possessed and a believer? My question back to you then, if you're not possessed or can't be possessed or a part of you can't be possessed or oppressed or whatever the case may be, then why have you tried so hard to break, three, break free from some of your strongholds but can't? Because if you weren't, then why are you struggling letting it go when you come in church and you like, I'm free? Why are you struggling get, getting rid of parts that you do not like about yourself, you don't accept about yourself, and God does not approve of yourself, but you can't break free? And I think Hollywood has sensationalized Demonic, we think, no, I'm not possessed. No demon is holding on to me because I'm in my head not spinning around. I don't look like Dracula. I'm not spitting up green stuff. I'm not, I'm not scary. I can think for myself. I have a sound mind. I got a job. I'm a nice person. Nice people are possessed. A lot of the doctrine that's going around the body of Christ is demonically influenced. That's why a lot of Christians are still bound by the law. The Father says today, he needs to set you free. I don't know if we're going to have time, but I know before the day is over, COVID or not, there will be an altar call. There will be 
a moment for deliverance. Now, if you mature enough, the word can deliver you right where you are. The spirit of God can deliver you. There's nothing I can do. But as I've been wrestling with this thing for the last few months, because you've heard me say, you know, the word will set you free. You just got to stay focused on it. But some people aren't mature enough spiritually to apply the word long enough to, 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 to walk free. And God is a loving enough God to set you free initially. We see it in the Bible where he says when, when that demon leaves, if you do not, if it remains vacant, they come back seven times stronger. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man, you're going to get set free. Say set free. free. Remember, don't think about your demonic cousin. Think about your demonic ways. Think about that anger, that rage. Think about how you cuss. Think about how you're still addicted to, to certain things. And you know it's wrong. You know it ain't healthy. You're putting them in your, you're putting toxins in your body. That, that don't. That don't sound like free to me. I'm going to start off by repenting, not because I've preached anything wrong. I think I've preached something incomplete, but I'd rather preach it incomplete until I have understanding. Because there's no anointing or power preaching on truth from ignorance. The anointing's on me, but if I'm preaching stuff I don't believe or understand myself, it does not translate into the pews. But the Lord says, today it's time, son. Now, I'm just going to lay it down, and it's going to take two services to do. If I was you, I, I don't know if I'm going to have time for laying out the hands in this service. We're going to see what the Spirit do. 730 for sure. We're going to have high worship. And those that want to be set free, you will be free today. Today. Say Today. Right? Even as I'm preaching, you are going to feel some things stirring up. You're going to feel being uncomfortable. You're going to feel something, maybe some of you, that wants you to leave. You might start getting text messages. That's because them little spiritual things that's been hiding, they're being put on notice, and they know today is over. Father, guide me. Father, direct me. Whoo, Lord, your children have stayed bound long enough. And it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. It's, I can't talk intelligent enough. There's nothing I can do but Holy Spirit, your servant sits here. Move with compassion, asking that you set your children free. Father, for deliverance is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children's bread. So today, Lord, we step to the table and we eat. There's some mother, some, some, some father, some, some husband, some wife, some fiance has been wishing for a day 
that my son, my daughter, my spouse, my future spouse be set free. And so I ask, saints, that you pray with me and you stand in agreement with me and that you ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything that's been hiding in your life that you thought you can handle. Today, it's over. I ask one more time that you do not think about anybody else. Take responsibility for yourself. And for you that are at home watching, you don't have to be here to be set free. But you do have to be present with the Lord. So if I was you, I'd turn off the little side TV. I'd I'd put my phone on airplane mode so you can still take notes. But right where you are. Yeah, Emancipation Day. Luke 4 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be hope for the poor. He has anointed me for healing for the brokenhearted. He has anointed me to bring new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners. And the anointing is not to preach to prisoners to let you know you're in prison. It's to break you out of prison. And what is the message to prisoners? You are set free. It didn't say you will be set free. It's you are set free. (laughs) See, demonic influence will keep you unaware of how free you are, so thus operating from an orphan place, a bound place. When you free, you free. The blood has freed you. The the cross has freed you. But I guarantee you, most of you are not living free. And the test of if you're living free is when you're under pressure, when temptation comes, when nobody's watching. So you think. It says, have come to share the message of Jubilee. That's That's why I'm here today. The message of Jubilee, that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Juneteenth was all about. Jubilee, freedom, finally. I've been held captive for years, hundreds of years. I've been oppressed. I got used to being oppressed. I was comfortable being oppressed. I learned how to cope with being oppressed. I dressed me up. I shopped. I got a brand new car. I got an increase. I started my own business, still oppressed. Married the woman or man of my dream, still oppressed. Can't nobody dictate you out of oppression. And you could be happy and oppressed. You could be rich and oppressed. You could be super smart and oppressed. See, the devil won't take your intelligence. He'll use them. It says, oh, the spirit of the Lord is up on me. 
And it says, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Mark 16 says, and these miracles, say miracles. Signs, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. What is accompany? They should come along. They should be a part of your life. Now, this part can't function in your life. It, it, this can't function through your life if it ain't functioning on your life. Oh, you like, I thought, hold up, Pastor, I thought we was talking about we going higher. Exactly. We at the bottom of the mountain, and he's unloading your baggage. He loves you. They will. They will. Who is they will? Those that what? Believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. See, that's why we had that phone call the other day. Don't go around here judging people that's getting a vaccine. What you should do is say, if you got to get it, I'm standing in agreement with you that no poisonous thing, no toxins will kill you or harm you. We will come. We are protected from the side effects. We are protected from the side effects. So if they sneak in the mark of the beast, God ain't going to judge us because the devil snuck something in. With your conspiracy, conspiracy self. And that's God, right? Conspiracy theorists. That's God, huh? Pumping fear in other believers, pumping fear in people. So when they get the shot, they're looking for death. Instead of they going to get it so they can do what they got to do to feed their family, knowing God is going to protect me. Just like Paul was bit by a snake, but it didn't touch him. We pump in fear. That's demonic influence. <laughs> How you going to be free selling chains? After saying these things, Jesus was lifted. The last thing he told people before he ascended was, you that believe shall be, be, be accompanied with signs and wonders. And you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. The devil going to try to get you, but he ain't going to kill you. I just need you to know. Peace. John 14 says, I'll tell you this timeless truth. What does a timeless truth mean? Huh? The validity does not increase over time. Decrease. The validity does not decrease from a teacher's mouth. i tell you this timeless truth so what he's saying is if it was truth back then it's what truth right now the person who follows me in faith 
Not the person that go to church and sit in the pews and want to be inspired and clock in the church and then go about to do their business. The person that follows me in faith, believing in me, not their own efforts, believing in me. They, they, they will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Was he playing? Was he just like joking around? Or was he telling us a timeless truth or a timeless joke? I'm talking to believers. He says that I do, but hold up because the brains that I gave them, the creativity that I gave them, gave them will allow them to do things quicker, faster, broader. They could fly. They could drive. They could, they could do many things that I don't have the access to, but it's coming. In 2021, they'll be able to witness to people like I never could because they got cell phones. They got IG. They got cars. They can share the gospel faster than I can in one week because they got airplanes and ships and trains. So even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. So they're going to do greater because I go with my father, but they're going to do greater because I'm about to franchise the body of Christ. Oh, oh, so, so if Jesus was still alive in that form, then wherever he was, we got to fly to be around Jesus. But he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to send the Holy Ghost so then he can live in every believer. So no matter where a believer is across the globe, there will I be. <laughs> yes. He, he, he say, he say, sound like Missy Elliott. He, 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 ha, yes. He, 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 ha. Matthew 9. So pray to the Lord of the what? Harvest. To force out. My prayers, Lord, force them out. And thrust laborers into his harvest. Now, why is he getting you free? Not only because we're going to go higher, but some of you laborers are chained up. You're so focused on you, your life, your career, your future, God can't even use you for his purpose. <laughs> the devil got believers thinking they bored, they unemployed, all that. When the Lord did not say... I beseech you, get a job. He said, I beseech you. He said, go, make disciples. <laughs> Man, you know how much God working for me right now? As I speak, he working for me right now. He working on my behalf right now. Because I'm focused on what? His business. And then he going to focus on what? My business. You don't think God know what I need? You don't think God know what I want? says thrust them out but why is there few laborers because we busy like the world busy you saved and still need to be one so when it ain't just for non-believers it's for Christians who still want to be of the world Matthew 10 keeps going in the same context. 
He says, let's pray that he thrust out harvest, uh, laborers, and then look what he says. You the answer to your own prayer. And Jesus summoned to him his 12 disciples and gave them what? Power. Say power. He gave them power and what? Authority. He gave them exousia and he gave them dunamis. He gave them explosive power and then he gave them license to use it. He gave them a badge and he gave them a gun. You sign up for crowns next time, you'll hear about all this power. He said, I'm giving you. Now, Jesus, keep in context, Jesus is still living, so he has to impart this because they ain't got what he got. So he's imparting this to them. <laughs> and I'm giving you power and authority over what? Amen. It's up there. It's up there. Over what? A little louder. Over what? One more time. Over what? Oh, what's an unclean spirit, those that don't think they possessed? We're going to get to it in a little bit. There's a difference between Satan, a demon, <laughs> and an unclean spirit. There's the tripart of the dark. And if there's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, there's Satan, demons, and his little dope dealers. And you so focused, I ain't possessed, I know. <laughs> he says, you're empowered with authority over unclean spirits to drive them out. Dr drive them out. Get up out of here. Get up out of here. You can't drive nothing out on your heels. It look like you being driven out. Every time that devil apply a little pressure to your life, a little pressure to your family, a little pressure to your finances, you're like, oh, oh. Looks like he driving you out. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the driver. What are we doing when we when we praising? Applying pressure. What we doing when we praying? Applying pressure. Why did we start a Saturday night? Applying pressure. Sitting here trying to find a break from being a Christian. You ain't applying pressure. No, when you got saved, it wasn't hallelujah we made it. No, the funk was on. And secure. See, the Satan is like a jealous girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, jealous because you took his place. Lucifer, son of the morning. If you understood Lucifer, I'm not going to get sidetracked. To drive them out and to cure all, to cure all, to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. You so focused on possessed. Keep going. Let's look at the Lord's prayer. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms. 
May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm. And cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is where? Yeah. yeah. Try to get in heaven with that attitude. See if you're going to make it in. Your attitude ain't in heaven. Your anger ain't in heaven. Your sex addiction ain't in heaven. He says, we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who are, have wronged us. This is very important. I read the Lord's Prayer to get to one piece today. Because it's a part of how Jesus said pray. And who was he teaching how to pray? The believer. Rescue us every time we face tribulation. Oh, he says pray this all the time. Set us free from evil. Wait a minute, I thought you were saved, so you don't need to be set. You already set free, so why you got to keep praying it? Set us free from evil, for you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. The spirit of the Lord has come to detach us and derail us and detour us and detangle us from evil. The Spirit of the Lord has come to detach us, derail us, detour us, and detangle us from evil. I'm going to say it again till it get in your spirit. The Spirit of the Lord has come to detach us, derail us, detour us, and detangle us from what? Evil. That's why he came. That's why we want more of you, Lord. Matthew 12. But, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out the demons, who drives out demons? Come on, speak up, speak up. I don't. Spirit of God does. Then if the Spirit of God drives out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you before you expected it. Thine kingdom come, thine will be done. How do I know the kingdom is upon me? Because I've been set free. So what that tells me is if you're not living free, you're not experiencing the kingdom of God. you just church. you Christian. You're going, to, you're going to heaven. But the goal is heaven comes to earth through your life. Or how can a person go into a strong man's house and carry off his goods, the entire equipment of his house without first, what did he say? 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 First, he said there's priorities in order. Binding the strong man. Oof. Not the fruit, but the root. Not depression, but maybe abandonment. What's the root of your issue? See, you can hide the fruit and you can change the fruit, but you can never change the root. You got to cast the, you can't never change the root. You got to cast that out. You have to 
Jeremiah 1. Uproot. And you trying to plant and build without uprooting what? First. Right? He says, I know some of you right now, you're like, man, I'm cool. You're trying to even feel yourself. Am I possessed? Am I possessed? Chill out. Just relax. Get this word. He says, how can you go in a strong man's house and carry off his goods, the entire equipment of his goods or his house, without first binding the strong man? Then, indeed, you may plunder his house. How are you going to walk in the blessing? How are you going to take back all the devil has stolen until you first bind up the strong man in your life? Until you deal with that abandonment. Until you deal with that addiction. Until you close the door. Because what you're going to understand is these spirits don't show up by themselves. They got homies. Then indeed, you may plunder. I'm just laying down a little, little foundation. Say a little foundation. I want you to remember one thing before we go forward, that you are free. I want you to understand you are free. Say, I am free. So come on, say, I am free. See, the goal is to appropriate it today. The goal is to snatch it and walk in it. That's the goal. It's time to appropriate it. It's time to take what God has. Walk what God has. Walk in what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Stop talking about Jesus. If you ain't going to let him walk in your life, stop being a phony saint. You're hurting people. Sorry nobody told you that. Stop being lukewarm. It's disgusting in God's eyes. You're not lukewarm at work. You show up on time every day. You're faithful. You're a slave. Stop being lukewarm. We got souls to save, and we're hypocrite enough in the world's eyes. You want to know the attack? There was, there was some, one of the churches in Alberta or whatever, they, they've just been busted out and exposed for being in a cult or having a, t- a cult activity. It was on the news the other day. And you notice the word the devil was using. Why the devil? Because he's the prince of the air. You, you don't think news is ran? But man, listen, the word that they were using was that these occults were ran by apostles. If you, you see, some of y'all are like, what, so what does that mean? Because God is restoring the office of apostle and prophet as these last days are coming. He's restoring order. So if I can hurry up and taint the name of apostle, then I cannot build or finish the job that I started. He will finish it, but the church is going to have to rise through persecution and clearly be saved. If you don't want to be saved, go to another religion where you can go all out. You're hurting people. And I'm not just yelling. I'm not just excited. But Jesus says, if you're not gathering for me, you're scattering. 
There's no passivity. There's no standing on the wayside. People are dying, and you've been given the opportunity to occupy until he returns. Stop looking for programs and stop looking for community groups and dig into the word, have a relationship with God because while you're searching and wavering and trying to go to this place and that place, you will be deceived and you will hurt some people. You're not the destination, but you for sure are a roadmap. Where are you leading people when they see you? Where are you putting your priorities? What's important to you? Don't tell me what it is. Let me see your life. We love Jesus. Let's see. Oh, oh, this ain't me yelling. The Bible says with their lips they serve me, but they heart over there. That's Bible. Mm. Deliverance. We talking revival. We're talking about keeping the fire lit. Deliverance sparks and sustains revival. You know why we haven't seen revival in a long time? Because it's been in the hands of a whole lot of lukewarm believers. It ain't because God ain't doing his part. It ain't God here. We too busy in the world. We got the cares of the world. And whether you like it or not, when you show up to heaven without your boo, individually, the way you came in this world, you're going to show up to Jesus. You're going to show up to your father. And he is going to blow fire on all of your works. And the only thing that's going to be left is what mattered to him. None of your possessions will show up. They tried that. That's Bible. He said, I don't know you. I don't know you. Who are you? All this stuff. He says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Don't lay up for yourself treasures, things that moths can eat and thieves can steal. What's a treasure in heaven? It's only one thing, souls. That's what you should be storing up. Like lieutenants and like people in the armed forces have stars and like, like some college helmets. They got a bunch of, those things mean some, how many souls you got stored up in heaven right now? How many souls have you won to Jesus this year? I know you know how much money in your bank account. Tell me how many, how much souls is in your heavenly account. Oh, because that's what matters to God. Yes, yeah, coming down your block. See, a part of tripart harvest, the restoration of long life is happening. How? How do we reconcile the idea of a possessed believer? Let's deal with that. Hold up. Slow down, Pastor T. Slow down. Oh, no. Um... Let me see my phone. Ooh, how do we reconcile this? Oh, 
Lord, it's going to bless you. It's going to bless you. See, it's, it's, it's like we never think about certain things, right? It's like how many people in here believe that sickness is either of God or of the devil? Which one? Is sickness evil or is it from God? No, I'm asking. I, I need some answers. I'm at, this is where you can respond. It's evil. Few of you think that. How many people think that sickness is of God? There's people out there that believe that, right? Those people that believe that sickness is of God, they'll pray to be healed. Why would you pray away a blessing? So let me ask you this. If sickness is evil, then it's of the who? If cancer has possession of your kidney and cancer is evil, might it be okay to say that the devil, the spirit of infirmity, has possession of a part of you? If you're dealing with rage, yeah, you're nice, you're saved. But it's safe to say that there's a part of you, your tri-part being. When you understand that when you're saved, you get a new spirit. Holy Ghost resides there. Where attack and demonic influence happens, it's in the realm of the soul and the body. Sickness, infirmity, depression. You're like, well, how can Jesus, how can the Holy Spirit dwell in, in me? And there's room for the enemy. Easy. There's three parts of you. How you saved and depressed? How you saved and still got sex addiction? How you saved and still rude to your spouse? How you saved and so insecure? How you saved, still cussing folks out? How you saved, still smoking? How you saved? How you saved? All right, you going to heaven, but I'm asking you to check some stuff out. I'm asking you to check some stuff out. How you saved and still want to kill yourself? I'm just looking for this note real quick so I can stay on track. Because if I don't stay on track, it's going to be good, but I just want to stay on track. I don't want to play with this thing right here. How do we reconcile? Well, let me ask you this. Is deliverance for the believer or the non-believer? Well, guess what? That's not a yes or no question. That's, is deliverance for the believer or the non-believer? Which one? Both? Okay. That's fair. I asked you, so I gave you a choice, so it's fair. I'm just giving you some, I'm just giving you some stuff, okay? Um, is deliverance for the non-believer or is Jesus? 
Which one? Okay, so let me ask you this. If a person is a non-believer, then we, we probably could say that their influence easier for sure by demonic influence. So let me ask you this. What if a non-believer gets delivered but remain a non-believer? What happens? Huh? They still need Jesus, and until they receive Jesus, then what? It's going to what? It's going to come back. So is deliverance for the non-believer, or is the first step Jesus? So who's deliverance for? If you was delivered, why you got to renew your mind? If you was delivered, why you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost? You just got saved and go to church and get your tithes and your offerings. You like, you know what I'm saying? I'm good. And every day you wake up, and that's why you wonder why the enemy keep you busy with the world's business so you can stay influencing people the wrong way. Let me tell you something. I don't care how excited you are about Jesus. If the anointing ain't flowing through you, it's not much transformation happening on the other side of you. People need the anointing, not your excitement. Every day, you just kind of pass it on renewing your mind every day. And he didn't just say renew your mind. He said renew the spirit of your mind. Deliverance should lead to dedication to the one that delivered you. Well, wait a minute. Didn't Colossians 1.13, didn't Colossians say, look, for, 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 let me back, let me back up, let me back up, let me back up. See, I'm going fast. Yeah, I'm going fast. Let me slow down. So you would be like, when I receive Jesus, I'm already delivered. Correct? That's what we think. At least that's how we act. Already delivered. Right? Where them possessed people at? Them demonic, worldly people. So let me ask you this. If you've already been delivered, then you shouldn't pray for deliverance. Deliver us from evil. The Bible also says... That by his stripes you were already healed. Why do you pray for healing? Because if you was already healed, why some of you sick right now? I'm just asking. Because healing is for the believer for sure. I'm, by his stripes, I am the healed and not the sick. I'm the head and not the tail. I am the lender and not the borrower, but we still borrow. I'm free indeed, so I don't need to pray for freedom because I'm saved. Well, you don't need to pray for, for, for healing because you already healed according to the word. <laughs> and we just sit in our little sanctified pew and wonder why he keep asking us to raise our hands because I see baggage on you. You think you're safe because you're saved. No, see, the enemy don't care if you're going to heaven because his end is already declared. What he cares about is you influencing other people to be saved. 
So if he could keep you cold, if he could keep you bound while your family, your friends, your co-workers, your brothers, your sisters keep on hearing you, go to church every week, still the same. They're like, cool, I don't need that Jesus yet. You got people that God is dealing with. They on their way, but you keep on getting in the way because they see your lukewarm self. They see you wavering. They see you confused. Bible says spirit willing, flesh weak. Why is the spirit willing? Because that's where the Holy Ghost is. Why the flesh weak? Because that's where possession is. That's where influence is. That's where oppression is. Why you, why you can't get rid of certain things that's in your life? That attitude. Listen, the enemy don't mind you hiding it. You hide it. Some of us come to church and we act so angelic and we get home and we act so demonic to our spouses. We're disrespectful to our parents. Oh, but at church, we respect everybody else's parents. Oh, so angel and demon live in you, right? How you turn on, how you come to church, how you doing, elder? And you get home, and you can't even treat your parents right. Sound like same apartment. Different flow, same apartment, though. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about it? I got till 9.30 to deal with this. Yeah, we're going to let you go. If I was you, hey, man, whatever, you're going to do what you want to do. Go on, do what you want to do. Go on, do what you want to do. But today is the day of emancipation. Yeah, we already healed. But we hollered, Father, please heal me. Lord, take this headache from me. Wait a minute, I thought he said you healed. What you crying for? Lord, give me this job. Lord, give me this booth thing. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me, give me, give me. When's the last time you prayed for freedom? Some of what you're praying to possess is because you might just be, amen. You know what I'm saying? Amen. He didn't say that. <laughs> if a believer can be sick when he's already been declared whole, then a believer for sure can be oppressed to degree, be possessed. Oh, we're going to get into it. And there's a lot of Google stuff out there that you can go and look at. And you can come back and say, Pastor, you can't be possessed and saved. Because I found this theologian that said it on Google. And he went to Princeton. And what school you go to, Pastor? Yeah, that wasn't Princeton. That was a lower, a lower college. I don't even know that college, Pastor, so you can't tell me nothing. What denomination are you from, Pastor? Non-denomination. Oh, yeah, for sure. You wrong. You walking in error, Pastor, because I don't know that denomination. Yeah, we'll find anything to not take accountability. And if, unless you walk. See, this is what I do understand. The Lord will allow us to experience something consistently so we can reevaluate our theology. So I don't care what your school said, but if I keep seeing Christians struggling, then that test, I don't care what the professor said, I'm seeing Christians can't break free. That's saying something. 
I'm seeing Christians get divorced due to pornography issues. That's saying something. I'm seeing Christians addicted to heroin. That's saying something. Our divorce rate is the same as the world. That's saying something. I'm seeing pastors of mega churches walking away from their family to sleep with a side chick. That's saying something. I'm seeing worship leaders committing suicide. That's saying something. That's because we sitting and walk right here. We, we ain't giving you permission to admit you a little crazy. We're putting so much pressure on the believer to think you got Jesus, it should be all good. And then you go home struggling with something that's real. You can't sleep. You have dreams, nightmares. You want to kill yourself, but you just got out of worship. So you going through a bipolar situation because you're like, man, I know I just experienced God. But when I lay on my pillow, I can't even sleep. I feel suffocated. I'm feeling demonic presence in my life. But I can't go talk to no believers because they're going to tell me just pray. I repent. And then we got believers that don't carry the authority to help their friends and family out. So we got to wait till Sunday till they can come to the pastor. And depending on what pastor, because some churches don't even fool with deliverance. They just want to educate you on Jesus. We're healed legally. As much as our charter rights give us some free, she's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We, we, we free. Do you get that, right? Right, these charter rights. Ain't we talking about this right now? Aren't we in a time where some of your rights have been taken? Wait a minute. But you got a right to certain things, but at any given time, these people and in, in rulers in high places show can snatch them. Oh, same thing with the word. You got right to freedom. But why you ain't walking in it? Oh, them rulers in high places. You haven't been equipped how to fight for your, your freedom. Same way. You have rights that protect you. But it doesn't mean the enemy and principalities and rulers in high places won't try and take advantage of your ignorance. Some people are in prison right now, cause, not because they did a crime. It's because they don't know their rights. And some of you right now are in prison because you don't know your rights, let alone practice your rights. Yes. You ready for this? I'm going to step out here and say this on live TV. A believer of Jesus Christ can be possessed but not owned. Oh, it's a big difference. I didn't got my car repossessed before. The people that told it, it wasn't their car, it's my car. But for the moment, guess what? They had possession of it. <laughs> my pink slip sitting in a, 
That's my car. But I ain't going to get it till I pay the fee. And until I pay the fee, they got possession of it. But I own it. Yes. But here's the beautiful thing, believers. Jesus paid the fee. But I can call in with a credit card, but guess what I still got to do? I got to go get my car, and I got to drive out. Oh, the, the debt has been paid. You are free for sure. But when you're going to get in the car and ride your car off of the possessor of the parking lot? One thing that religion does is make you think you're too good for vulnerability and you got to hide your brokenness and hide. Mm -mm. Hmm. Yes. There's a word named daimonian. This word daimonian means under the influence of power of demons. They'll pull it, they'll pull it up in a minute. I want you to understand this. It is to be possessed or to be vexed. All right, just say at bare minimum, you're not possessed. But boy, how many things throughout the week vex you? <laughs> what does vexing mean? Jesus says that something pulled on him. It, it, it vexed his spirit. Every time you're vexed, something gets taken from you. So you wonder why you're weaker. You wonder why when attack comes, you wonder why when the cares of this world come, you fall along the wayside. You wonder why you're wavering. You wonder why you're strong one day and you're cold the next day. You wonder why you're on fire and then you wonder why you're cold. You wonder it's because throughout the week you ain't guarding the gates of your soul and you're being vexed. And the enemy is zapping you. He's lying to you, and you're entertaining it. You're making plans based on lies. <laughs> okay, cool. You're not possessed. You're for sure vexed. <laughs> yeah, the goal is not to be vexed or possessed. This word right here, Troy, means... This word possessed, and we make it, this is how Hollywood has sensationalized it. We think being depressed is, yeah. We think everybody possessed walk like this. No, some possessed folks walk like this. How you doing? Yeah, some possessed folks walk like that. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand, no, not you. Stand up, stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some possessed folks look like this on the front row. Amen. If I was Dr. If, if I was Dr. Godot, Dr. Godot would walk over and grab my little, my little nipples and just be like, eh, hey, son, don't ever wear that tank top here no more. Amen. That's what Dr. Godot would say. I don't know if I would say that. That's just what Dr. Godot would say. Amen. Amen. Look, to occupy. 
to occupy, right? Possess. It's to occupy. It's to occupy. Let, let's take the Hollywood version off and let's just look at what it means. Does the enemy have space in your life where he influences your decisions? Is he occupying anywhere in your life? Let's not just take this Hollywood version. Well, that ain't me. That ain't me. I don't, I don't drink blood. I don't, I don't do none of that. Man. Yeah, we are tripart being. We're spirit and we're soul. And, and our soul is made up of our thinker, our feeling, our choose, our mind, our will, and our emotions. These are the targets of demonic attacks and activity. Where you feel heavy, whether periodically or all the time. Where you feel something's on you, whether you feel darkness over your life. You feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel angry, you live offended. But I'm talking about, don't look at your good days. Look at when pressure, when somebody tick you off, when, when, you, when you're challenged. Look at how you respond. Because when you get squoze or when you get squeezed, what, it, what is in you comes out. I mean, like, I got it all together. But when that little fine thing walked past you with her chest out and her calves like, pow. And some of y'all fellas is so nasty, you don't even need nothing to be put together. You just, anything, any little skin gets you hot. Just keep looking straight. Just keep looking straight. But what is, forget what people notice, but what's happening in your flesh? Why are you still dealing with that thing you've been dealing with five years, ten years, before Jesus? Why are you still dealing with that thing? Don't ignore that. No, we ain't coping. Coping ain't free indeed. I want to I I show you something. I want to show you something. There was a three-part model in the Old Testament. When we look at how God made us as humans... He also modeled this place of worship after the same thing. And we'll look at a pattern and we'll see at the, in, 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 when, it, when it came to worship, there was the holy of holies, there was the holy place, and there was the outer courts. You want to know where Jesus dwell? There's a holy of holies that the devil can't touch. That's why no matter how much you sin, when you wake up, guess who's still with you? Jesus. The devil can't touch the holy of holies. He can't touch the new man in that way. But this is where they hang out. It's the outer courts. Let me give you another example. When you saw Jesus turn over the tables. Where did he turn over the tables of the evildoers? The outer courts. And this is where deliverance comes from. Because the action is happening in the outer courts, that's what's holding you up from getting into the holy of holies. That's why your worship and your praise stops right here. You just all in the outer courts. 
When you're in service and the power of God moving, you're just so aware. You can't even get lost in his presence. You're just like, I see Jesus. I see they in the presence of Jesus, but I'm just out here because I can't get over there. Why you can't get over there? Why you can't get here? I know it's hot. But all this fire going on up in here, some of y'all can't even stay woke. You're so heavy. Yeah, exactly. He agreed. Amen. Who is deliverance for? Deliverance is the children's bread. Can I just get just one amen on that part? Okay, thank you. Deliverance is the children's bread and covenant right. I love, you ready for this? Here's a famous saying. Let my people go. Wait a minute. I thought they was his people. Why the children of Israel need to be delivered? They God's children. But it looked like somebody had possession of them. While they were still gods, they were still being possessed. And God is crying out saying, let my people go. Pastor T, son, I need you to just cry out for my children today and let them know, although that I made them free, some of them are not living free. Here you go. You're like, oh, okay, we ain't, with the, we ain't with the Egyptians no more. Right, but the Egyptians coming after you, pressure's coming after you, temptation's coming after you, and you like, maybe we should just go back. At least I had control back there. At least I had a schedule back there. At least, let's just go back. Them chains is still on you. If you can hear yourself in the spirit realm, you walking outside the jail, but all you hear is complaint. You just find some real chains, them symbols, amen, Amen. 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 Bless the Lord. Amen. You tried, though. You tried. You tried. Holy Spirit, why, why are you choosing to occupy things that don't agree with the Lord. An unbeliever cannot, I'll say it again, cannot maintain their deliverance. They will be repossessed. An unbeliever without Jesus taking possession will lead them to repossession. Think I'm playing? Luke 11, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it roams through waterless places in search. Well, I know the Bible tells me that the living water, when I got the Holy Ghost, it's like living water inside of me. So where are demons hanging out? In waterless places. 
folks that ain't filled, folks, Christians that don't want to, they still arguing if the Holy Ghost is still for me. Christians that don't play and pray in their heavenly prayer. I'm talking about you so religious, you just, you just want to argue anything that challenges your theology or your doctrine. So they hanging out in waterless places in search of a place of rest and finding none, it says. I will go back to my house. The, the devil got audacity. Let me, sorry, let me correct myself. Unclean spirit has the audacity to say, I'm coming back to my house. You should take that personal. How he going to call it your house if he didn't possess you? He said, I'm going to go back to my house. And look, I'm going to go back to my house from which I came. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right, you came to church, and the devil couldn't stay. You go back out there, he waiting for you on the porch. You're like, you ready to go? Let's go, let's go. We ready? Right, you sitting in the car. You still want me? You st we can still be together? Cool. And he detached. He, he reattached. That cell phone. See, you come in church, and you leave your little nasty life out there, and then you go back out, and then through the week, you clink, clink, put them shackles back on. Wait a minute, if he didn't possess you, then how he keep getting you coming back? Why you keep going back? And that's why you frustrated, man. I can go to church all the time. I can be with pastor all the time. I can, I can be in the men's group all the time. I can be on the prayer call all the time. And right after the prayer call, go masturbate. But I ain't possessed. Uh-uh, I'm in full control. Right, with your nasty self, you sitting there on the edge of your bed with a towel, with the laptop open, and then two minutes later, maybe a minute later, you over there feeling nasty and gross. And you think a shower or washing your hands going to clean that nasty filth off. And you got the nerves coming here shaking people's hands. Put on some gloves. That is disrespectful. And I ain't just talking to men. I'm talking to you ladies as well. Hallelujah. And get at the house, washing that area too long. Oh, be picturesque, be with it. Tell the truth, pastor. Get by yourself, smoke a little bit, and you, you get, why do you keep going back? But I ain't possessed, I ain't, I'm good, I ain't. See, we, Hollywood that made you think possessed is crazy, you killing people, you bipolar, you schizophrenic, you need to live in a mental institute. No. How do you have functioning alcoholics? Because the enemy hides in public. And when you go home, 
that's where your struggles come out. And he leaves you with shame. And he leaves you with confusion. He makes you isolate. He says, and when, I, when it arrives, they're coming back to the house and they're looking in the window. And they're like, it finds the place swept and put in order and furnished and decorated. You got your Christian suit on and your, your bumper sticker. You saved. You got your Christian playlist. It's how we do, Carolyn. It's how we do. We say the right things. We quote scriptures. We talk in tongues. We do whatever they say, tell us do to be a Christian. But it says, and it goes and brings seven of them. Let me, let me, let, let me, let me. It finds it swept, but not filled. Oh, you clean, you clean, you clean. Then it says, and it goes and brings other spirits. Seven of them, more evil than itself. And you wonder how it used to be a smaller issue. You got saved, you got, and it's getting worse. See, because you got rid of the fruit, but he came with seven other types of fruit. And all you did was switch men, switch women, switch relationships, switch drugs. So you're not addicted to alcohol no more, but you're addicted to women. Right? The root. You're still addicted. You're addicted to the gym. I don't do drugs no more. Yeah, you do. Them dumbbells. He just comes back, and it's stronger. Why is it stronger? Because you think you're free. Because it's not that spirit. Because it's not that thing. And dwell there. It says, and they enter in and they settle down. They settle down, and it's clean. What does that mean? He, he came right back in, took a seat, and because you go to church more now, because you know more word now, because you're aware that God loves you now, you clean. I am so good. You are. But you got to walk in this every day. Uh, and the last state of the person is worse than the first. I could warn people all day, but sometimes we just look like we haters or we in people way, when the whole time we just trying to, we trying to help you get free. I did a little crazy post the other day, I'm free, like I'm really free. Like I'm really free. Like I'm telling you, I am really free, I've been bound. Like I'm really, really free. I'm talking about when problems come, when persecution comes, when sickness comes. Man, I am, I am free. And guess what? This is the crazy part. I can be freer. Jesus don't have to do nothing else. But as I renew my mind, as I continue to, to, to kill my flesh daily, as I go higher and higher, I walk in different, different dimensions of freedom. So you're free 
to a dimension. He says, John 8 says, so Jesus said to, to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, uh, you're truly my disciples. So he starts off in context saying, abide in my word. And then he goes on and says, and you will know the truth. When you abide in, you see this, you right here, you right here, Danny? He said, abide in the word. Okay, read it again. Abide in the word. Hold fast to my teachings. Then you'll be my real disciples. After you hold fast to my teachings and become my disciple, my disciplined one, then you'll know the truth. You can hear the truth, but don't know the truth. <laughs> and because you know the truth, now the truth sets you free. Yeah. You think because you heard the truth, you know the truth. They answered him, we are Abraham's offspring and have never been in bondage to anybody. What, what, what do you mean by saying you will be set free. Jesus answered them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, whoever commits and practices sin is the slave of sin. <laughs> Wavering is sin. Doubt and unbelief is sin. Double-mindedness is sin. And he says, those that choose, 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 Choose the sin. That sin, you're a slave to it. Wait a minute. I ain't possessed. Well, what is a slave? It must mean you got a master. And what he's telling you here is if you sin, and I must not be your master. Listen, you ready? I'm your savior, but I have not yet become your master. A slave of sin now a slave does not remain in a household permanently forever the son of the house does remain forever slaves waver they hot they cold a real son stays rooted stays parked stays faithful a slave will always be struggling with this or that a true son is done of negotiating this is my call this is who I'm called to be this is what roots me everything else in my life revolves around sonship nah I'm trying to help somebody in here today So if the son liberates you, then you are really unquestionably free. I'm going to read a little bit of this and then I'm going to close because we got to go. I will continue next service for sure. The difference between the devil demons and unclean spirits let us understand Satan is 
the fallen archangel that fell, he was the closest to God. Demons are the one-third of the angels that fell with him. And unclean spirits are the influence or manifestations, manifestations of, what does that mean? You and I are a manifestation of Jesus. Image and likeness. Unclean spirits, foul spirits, impure spirits are as such. They come in the likeness. They do the work of, just like you and I. They're spiritual disciples that come and cause havoc in your life. As we expose, evil spirits operate in an organized force of powers against believers. Oh, we're not magnifying the devil or evil today. That's not what we do here. But as Paul said, I will not have you ignorant of the devil's devices. Mark 1, 23 through 28. Can you put that up on the screen? Sheik Abba. When you understand what unclean spirits mean, it's related to, it has this root word of pneuma, pneumata, pneuma, same thing, breath, when it deals with the soul. So this is where the enemy takes possession. It's in the soul. So you can have your new man, and then you could still be influenced by darkness. Ah. Just at that time, there was in their synagogue a man. Where were they? They were where? They were where? In church. Who was in the power of an unclean? Who was in the what? Power or in possession of. And now immediately he raised a deep and terrible cry from the depths of his throat saying... What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hush up. He wouldn't. He said, Shut up. Be muzzled, gagged. And come out of him. The enemy knew he was exposed. The enemy knew his day was up. He recognized the authority of Jesus, not the sticker of a Christian. Well, he says that in Acts 19 15. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who is you? And you wonder why some Christians, they'll go try to pray for somebody, deliver somebody, and they can't. They get paralyzed. The enemy knows. Here's 11 facts 
seven results. In this story, where do you go? There we go. The unclean spirit was inside the man. The man was in church. The spirit had a voice and spoke. The spirit recognized Christ. The spirit manifested in the anointed one's presence. The spirit wanted to be left alone. Anybody ever been in church during worship and felt like leaving in the presence of God? I do not want to be here. How are you in the place of freedom and get agitated? How are you in the place of freedom and get offended? How are you in the place of freedom and gossiping? How are you in the place of freedom and questioning God? How are you in the place of freedom and worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow? What's that about? How are you in the place of freedom worried about what time it is? I'm talking about real place of freedom. What's possessing your thought life? There was more than one spirit in the man. He said, leave us alone. <laughs> the unclean spirit did the speaking. These spirits were afraid of Christ and it came, that he came to destroy them. The spirits knew who Jesus was, the Holy One of God, and the unclean spirit was uncivil and confrontational. Unclean spirits can possess, say, folks, I'm sorry. Even if the person was here, I would say it because we're talking about spirits. But it's better she's not here, okay? You remember last uh, two weeks ago, what was going on here? The question is, if I come up and say, ma'am, you need to go back to your seat. There's no why. That was an unclean spirit. That was be being confrontational. And when authority walks over and says, you have to go. Okay. If you were here last night, young man that always comes and hugs and throws, throws himself on people. He started, and you look at him straight in his face. This is a young man. This is a young man. And it's like, you can't do that. Boom, boom, boom. I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to the spirit that's, that, that is trying to influence him and, 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 and get people uncomfortable. I don't know if you've seen him after church, but he, was, he didn't know what to do without running up to somebody and hugging somebody. And some of you nice Christians would be like, ain't nothing wrong with hug and lead a man alone. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. When I asked her, do you know him? She said, no. You don't just walk down the middle of an aisle in God's house and just sit here and look at some woman and get ready to hug her. Oh, no, that's, that's just being a nice, loving Christian, huh? You think God would do that, right? You think God would distract. You think God would throw himself on people, especially in the middle, middle of a COVID. Wait a minute, what happened to six feet? <laughs> Have eyes to see, people. Not every, every person that's possessed or uh, 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 influenced or oppressed, they don't, they, they don't look crazy. I'm talking about as well people, good people. 
that open themselves up or family open themselves up. If you ever been in, in, in part of witchcraft or the occult or any new way, any stuff like that, and you delve deep in stuff, you open yourself to a realm. And Lord brought you to a place where you're saying you're going to be free. You're going to be free. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up right where we left off. And if you, if you, if you, if you don't come next service, that, that, that's fine. Um, just, you can deliver yourself too. But that takes knowing the word, and that takes, so that, that's fine. But worship team, elders, we're going to talk right after this, and we're going to, there's some people that's coming. There's some people that's double dipping, and God wants to set them free. I'm asking our team, please stay away from crazy and all that in between. Let's be preparing and praying in between service because some mother's child needs to be set free. Anoint yourself. Prepare yourself. somebody's going to get set free today. Rather possession, rather oppression, <laughs> whatever it may be, the enemy has held you captive in certain areas of your life for too long. And there's some people that just don't want to hear it. They just want to be left alone and just be and that's totally fine. You don't believe in deliverance. I don't even know what you got saved for then. Yeah, I don't, if you don't believe in deliverance, I don't, know what, I don't know how you believe in Jesus. I don't know how you believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm, but I'm tired of seeing believers stuck. I'm tired of seeing believers say they love Jesus and remain stuck. I'm tired of seeing families torn apart, be married for 20, 30 years, and then get divorced later. What? I'm tired of seeing pastors kill themselves. I'm tired of seeing children without their dad. I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved to stay the same. I don't know about you, but God has been too good for me to compromise my relationship with him. I don't know about you, but the church, my grandma, my grandparents, people in my family have served the church too long for me not to serve the church and make sure the next generation has a church to be a part of. I don't know about you. I don't know what you building. But I know what God has called us and created us to do. And not on my clock will people come around me and not be confronted, or shall I say the enemy and the influences behind will not be, will not be confronted. Maybe you can hang around family members and friends and see their addictions and see their struggles and, and just be thinking it's cool. Maybe you can live a double-minded life and see people watching you. Maybe that's cool for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You'll go to heaven, and that'll be awesome. But I know when I show up... I'm trying to get everything that God has for me. I didn't move here and you wasn't born here for you to sit on the sidelines and watch your city go to hell. Oh, strong talk, right? Strong talk, absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 If you got one thing tonight, today, tonight, can you just give God a hand? Our Father.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can't go higher with bags. I don't know about you, but this pandemic was no joke. No joke. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, sorry, team, for going a little longer. I know you got to get some cookies away, um, whatever you're going to do. But there's, why do I take this serious? There's people that's going to leave here and mark my word. This is not me speaking this over you because I've proven what my hopes for you are. But you're going to walk out of here, and as of even tonight or tomorrow, you're going to go home and pick up the same struggles. Instead of making some serious decisions, and the first decision is to draw closer to Jesus, period. The first decision is to lay your life down for Jesus and stop being passive and stop making other things a priority and stop looking at other people to change. Some people I look around, you mean you walk through here and you point the finger at, at your friends, your mama, your spouse, and I'm looking at you and I'm like, have you looked at yourself? Have you looked at your attitude? That ain't Pastor T talking. I'm just echoing the scripture. What's the scripture? Take the plank out your eye. That's just the scripture. I'm just echoing. I'm just a mailman. Hey, Amen. I'm looking at some of y'all. Y'all don't like me right now. That's the devil. Amen. Amen. That's an unclean spirit. <laughs> Amen. I love you, though. I love you. Amen. It's hot, huh? Yeah, it's hotter in Africa. Be quiet. Amen. Amen. They having church. Some places having church on dirt. We have all these little bougie people. Amen. Stay, uh, uh, what, what do we have to do? What, what do we have to do? Oh, you got to do something. See, I need to hear the lineup before I come. Then I can keep better time, track of time. Amen. Whatever. I didn't say I'll abide by it. I just at least I know. Amen. All right. All right. All right. Father, bless this community. Bless these hearers. And whoever is coming back, Lord, whoever is coming, I pray in the name of Jesus that not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, the captives shall be set free tonight. I thank you, Father, that this is the beginning of people experiencing being free indeed. Lord God, I thank you right now, even as we speak, every unclean spirit has to loosen its grip on my brother or sister's life. Every foul spirit has to group, loosen its grip on my brother or sister's life, Lord God. Every foul, every unclean spirit, you have to go right now. You have to go right now. And I thank you, Father. By faith, we pick up our freedom and we walk in it. And we put it on and never take it off. Make sure we have anointing oil prepared for next service as well, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with all that's happening at LoveQuest International Church by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And tune in next time for another powerful, powerful word. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. And don't forget, get your love fixed, man.